my glutes weren't firing. Oh yeah, you know, like so, like all, like if you want to put the canned response together, you can. At the end of the day, it's like, do you really like competing? Do you really like traveling, staying in a hotel? Do you really like waking up at six o'clock? It's cold. It's windy. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Mental Golf Show. On today's episode, oh yeah. I'm Josh Nichols. I'm your host. I have to say that. On today's episode, I talked to University of Arizona men's head coach Jim Anderson. He's he's a young guy, young young in the sense of a lot of college coaches have been doing it for a very long time, but Jim uh, is still a very experienced coach. He's been at Arizona, I think, seven or eight years, so he knows what he's talking about. And he has a lot of wisdom to share, and uh, we kind of talk about the whole spectrum of things. So uh, listen up, and and there's a lot of gems in here that I know you can get value from and can help you, whether you're a college golfer, whether you're a junior golfer, whether you're out of college and you play once a week, once a month. I know there are things in here that can help you. So listen up, and I hope you enjoy. Josh, thank you for the opportunity to join you on the podcast, and uh, definitely honored to share a couple thoughts with you today about some of the things we try to impress on our team and have them do as players. But uh, I know a lot. There's a lot of ways to get it done playing this game, and uh, I learn just through our conversation. So I appreciate this opportunity. And uh, for myself, I got started in coaching um, in 2007. I played at the University of New Mexico from 99 to 2004, and was lucky to play on some great teams with some players who went on and played and did quite well on the PGA Tour. And I was generally the fifth or sixth or seventh or sometimes tenth man on that team. So I knew playing professionally was probably not uh, maybe a good use of time or, or a resource. So I decided to, that I loved golf and loved being around college players and thought, uh, you know, it, it might be something that I would enjoy to get into coaching. And because I, I pursued a master's degree, I was fortunate to be a volunteer assistant coach at uh, the University of New Mexico for a semester and then was hired by Glenn Milliken, the coach at New Mexico in 2007, where I was the assistant coach for two years before getting to work for JT Higgins at Texas A&M for three as the assistant coach at Tech um, in College Station. And then in 2012, I uh, was fortunate enough to, to have an opportunity to interview and ultimately was offered the position as the head coach at the University of Arizona. And uh, I've been here for now in my eighth year. It's uh, been a, It's been a great home for my family and lucky to have uh, been able to recruit some of the top players and and help them try to continue pursuing this game at the collegiate level. We're having success right now, and um, several players have gone on and continue trying to play this game at even higher levels than college. And, um, you know, that's kind of the path where I'm at right now and hope to continue doing that for a long, long time here in Tucson. Yeah, I I noticed, I was reading through your bio. Um, obviously, it's, it's a very long bio, so you, you know, you've got uh, a list of uh, some awesome accomplishments over the, your course of coaching um so just just for this year i noticed just in this semester you've already had it looks like three top three finishes already is that right 
Yeah, we have. We've been we've been gotten off to a great start, uh, a second place in the first event, and then three third place finishes. And right. as a coach, it's a great position to coach from because well, we're we're experienced right now. We have three seniors who are leading the way, and, and a junior who was an All American last year as a sophomore. So those four guys have been just instrumental in putting us in the position we currently sit. And I, I, of course, would have liked to have won. And I told the team just, just last week or th- earlier this week in a meeting, you know, if, if our final rounds go a little bit different, we win three times and finish second. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, I think the and the rankings are just one measure. It's it's it is what it is. You know, one of them has us at 11th and then the other one's at 17th or 18th, I think, right now. And that's encouraging. That's a good position. We usually feel like we play better golf in the spring just given the the nature of our setup with great weather in tucson and the ability to prepare and practice for those competitions but speaking to this fall you know i think everybody's pleased with where we're at but i think it's it's great because there's such an appetite to win and we didn't do that so in a way it's probably a blessing that that uh there's there's still hmm. a place for us to improve from right so kind of speak into the um like meeting you would have with your team you know it so it i guess the semester's over now i i see november 4th through 6th y'all were out in pebble beach was that the last one yep we wrapped up at poppy hills this year right so so like uh end of tournament season meeting um you kind of talk about maybe like review your whole year and say if this had been this way or if we had done a little bit better in this how it could have been different so I guess I'm just that that makes me interested or wonder how you coach a team of players that are obviously like great players um you know at your level they don't come in where you need to transform them to be good golfers they're already good golfers so what what role do you have in their golf, in their lives that kind of helps them go from good to great? That's a great question. I think it's it's constantly changing. I think the first thing that I've learned, and, and I I have, you know, the, the gift of time obviously teaches us. My, my first year as a first-time head coach, I, you know, reflect back on, how I handled situations or how I communicated with the team. And, and I kind of shake my head at myself, you know? So I think, I think one of the places it's helpful to start is by listening and understanding, you know, that one, as a team, you got to listen to your team, the group to, to, to have, uh, you know, to to give them ownership and and give them input. I mean, obviously it can't be uh, just a, a pure, uh, democracy of decision making where it's like we don't want to work out today or we don't want to do this today <laughs> that's not what I mean by listening it's just it's just giving people uh, a, a place to express themselves a safe place to, to share what they're thinking and doing your best to, to mold and move the unit to appease you know good ideas you know and I think I think when the players have the opportunity to express that you know, type of ownership in their program, um, it, it, it leads for greater buy-in from the entire group. Mm-hmm. And the listening component is even more critical on the individual level, I think, especially in this game, because I've learned that there's there's just not, there's not one way to do it. And you see it on the PGA Tour every week with, you know, I know some guys win multiple times, but, you know, it seems like if you watch the PGA Tour every Sunday, you're seeing a new guy win. And a lot of times it's, 
two or three other guys chasing him for a win. So it's, it's, you know, there's just so many different ways to, to be great that you have to, you have to be willing to listen to the kids you're coaching on what they think. And, and then, you know, use your experience to help, help guide them or, or kind of, it's not tricking them, but just kind of, you know, steering them towards where they say they want to go um, and, and try to guide them around pitfalls and, and try to give them a, a legitimate shortcut if there is a way to improve quicker, you know? Yeah, so you you kind of facilitate, you don't, you don't, there's no like hard and fast rule for every player, of course, that would, you know, no, I don't think any coach would ever say, every player's the same and I always teach everyone the same, but you know, at the, at the same time, you have, you know, Coach Anderson has Coach Anderson's philosophies of, um, you, like you say, it's not totally up to the player what you guys do. It's, you know, there's a give and take. So um, maybe the player talks about, hey, he comes up to you, I'm struggling, like things have been tough lately. And then what what does Coach Anderson do in that moment to help a player through a difficult time? I think the best thing you can try to do, and it only it only it doesn't work every time, but you try to offer some good perspective. And in my opinion, you know, we're all we're all incredibly lucky, blessed, fortunate, all of those the above to have an opportunity to to, to play any sport, but especially a game of golf, one you can play forever at the level that we hmm. we currently are. And it's also a game that, that opens up doors and opportunities for you in the future if you're if you're a smart person and, and motivated person, which, you know, is generally a prerequisite to join many programs, ours being one of them. Um, so just giving them proper perspective and, and trying to uh, take, I, you know, you I think it's really, really challenging when you get to this level, especially at a young age, because you haven't completely matured. And, you know, it's, it is, it is everything to you. And unfortunately, a lot of times people make the mistake of letting how they golf impact who they think they are as a person, Mm -hmm. but just trying to remove some of the expectation level and trying to create a fun environment, one that they enjoy playing golf is, is definitely something that we focus on with our players. And, you know, I think I'm, I'm fortunate because of some of the, resource or or infrastructure in place that we can offer variety you know and and for example if someone's struggling it's you know let's let's take them to a golf course here in tucson that could be 6300 yards and let them play from the the up Mm -hmm. tees you know i mean just just Mm -hmm. different things giving different looks and trying to reinvigorate the love that each of us had for a long period of time um playing this game because you don't get to the level that that we're at if, if that wasn't part of you as a, as a young kid or through your teenage years or even currently in college and the players who are playing their best, they, they can't get enough of it. You know, they, they literally can't get enough competitive golf because they just want to keep playing and keep shooting good scores and keep seeing, you know, seeing their rank improve or their team's rank improve or the collective trophy. You know, they just, they just love the competition. And so trying to help the person who's struggling understand that there's a lot going on or, you know, there's a lot, but give them the proper perspective. I think that's, that's generally the way I would go. Right. So you, you're, you're not as interested in like, okay, you're struggling. So let's, 
your your first reaction isn't okay. Let's go to the range. Let's let's start hitting some balls. Let's work on your swing. Generally, no. Right. Generally, no. I mean, obviously, each each circumstance could be a little bit different, and you know, because we get to spend as much time as we do watching our team play and and understanding their games. Of course, you know, if someone's if someone's set up left and they're hitting it like a low draw. You know, I'm going to say, listen, to me, it looks like you're set up trying to hit a high fade. Why, why, you know, I'm just using it as a, for example, right, right. you know, why don't we try to square you up if you like seeing that ball turn over a little bit or, you know, like I'll help diagnose that way um, on an individual level. But, you know, I think my interpretation of the question, Josh, was more for the person struggling on a, on a, uh, like for an extended right. period of time, yeah. it was kind of down in the dumps about their game, mm. you know, not so much a specific component of their sure. game. No, you're right. That That's the question I asked for sure. Um, yeah, it's, you know, every, it seems like the, the higher the level the coach, the more holistic their thought process. Uh, like a, a, a lower level coach would say, oh, you're struggling, you're down in the dumps with your game, so it must be your technique or it must be your uh it, the first result, the first reaction would be, okay, let's work on your alignment or whatever. But you, when you see a player that's down in the dumps, you take a holistic approach and say, okay, what, you know, what's going on? How are you viewing golf? Is like, is golf all of a sudden not as fun as it used to be? And you try to bring that back to them. And that's your way of doing it. Yeah, I think that's definitely correct. And, you know, a big word that we, we don't talk about a lot, but I mean, as coaches, we, we understand it's confidence, you know, and ultimately you can't give someone confidence. I saw a great quote on Twitter not too long ago. Um, a football coach was, was talking about confidence is earned. And, you know, I don't, I don't even like to get too, um, too soupy or too, you know, out of a book with our guys. I try to communicate with them, uh, as if I'm their age sometimes, you know, and obviously I have a different role than that. I'm not just uh, trying to be a friend for them, but sometimes I have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, trying to, to put them in a position where they can take confidence from what they're doing. And I think in golf, it's it's sometimes very easy to, to take confidence because at the end of the day, you shoot a score. And, and I, I challenge our guys all the time, especially this time of year, especially the guy we're describing who might not be scoring as well as you want. I'm like, go play, go play for score and keep track. Go play. See if you can log 20 rounds before June, uh, January 1st this year at 72 or better, you know? And, and I don't, I don't like to get too num- number focused, but if you can reflect back on January 5th and, and say, wow, I, I accepted the challenge on November 15th. I, I played 23 times and, and 20 of those times I shot 72 or better. I, I think ultimately that can boost your confidence. It's a balloon that we're trying to fill with air and it's a balloon that hopefully never pops. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Um, confidence is such an inc- a critically important part. And you see it even at the professional level. You know, all of a sudden a guy makes one little change, finds one little one little nugget, and boom, he's off to the races. He wins twice in the PGA Tour or, or, or retains his card. That could be confidence for someone, you mm. know, and that's what we're trying to do with our guys too. Yeah, it's a, a lot of people think confidence is kind of random. You just all of a sudden you wake up and I feel a little better today, so I'm going to be confident. But like you say, confidence is earned and you can actually do something about it and fill your own balloon with confidence. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, so as far as, uh, 
As far as working with players and, you know, you, you mentioned not getting to numbers, you know, results oriented. A lot of golfers by default are results oriented and they're, they're worried about score and they're worried about the result of the shot. And that's not always necessarily the best mindset to have. So you as a coach, what do you do to, to get a player's focus off of the, the result and more on the process of improvement? I mean, when you're talking about pre-tournament and, and at the tournament, of course, we're talking about game plan. And I think uh, preparation is clearly a, a critically important part of success. And, you know, I think one of the things that's been great about um, golf course management and, and some of the stat programs that are available and um, even some of the technology that's available, like simple things like going to Google Maps and understanding where, you know, 300 yards is and how wide of a fairway it is. I think I think by, by trying to have a more sus- systemic approach to game plan, mm. it allows you to make decisions and, you know, ultimately stand over the ball with confidence because you know exactly what the right play is um that those are the kind of things that we can we can do with our team to try to try to create a more of a process as opposed to a feel so to speak um i don't i don't ever want to take feel away from the game of golf and and there will be times where guys will make sometimes emotional and hopefully the right emotional decisions with club selection for example you know you've been hitting a certain club really well or maybe not as well you have to adjust i think awareness and adjusting is so important especially at the collegiate level um but but generally speaking trying to be a little bit more systemic about how you tactically you know make decisions during your round and throughout the tournament it, it can help take away the the finish line of score you know and understanding too that um you know like perspective can also be really important when things are going well and understanding that while you've maybe never won a college golf tournament you know like win or lose tomorrow we are going to reflect if especially if we win it's going to be a celebration it's gonna be happy but guess what we're still going to a tournament next week and we're going to still be expected to perform next week. So, you know, we're just part, it's just, this is just steps along the way. So I don't, I don't try to maximize or minimize any moment, but just understanding it's all part of what we do. And, and it's just, it's just, uh, you know, part of the journey and, and it's meant to be a fun journey. So that's, that's kind of my mm-hmm. philosophy with preparing the team. That's, that's a great philosophy of that tournament's over. Let's either celebrate or learn or celebrate and learn, but then we still have our, our one job to do, and that's to show up for the next tournament and play to the best of our abilities and always taking it one step at a time and never dwelling too long or getting two steps ahead. Uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so shift gears a little bit. I work with, um, you know, several junior players, and, you know, they they the barrier or the bridge to cross over from junior golf to college golf is like super foggy and you don't always know what's on the other side and you don't always know how to prepare so you know without you know i know there's ncaa rules and uh and stuff like that you can't talk about whatever recruiting or that kind of stuff but um is there like a 
something you could talk to junior players and say, hey, this if you want to be an elite college player and you're a freshman, sophomore, junior in high school, this is what you need to be doing. These are the ways you need to be thinking. Is there anything like that that you could speak to? That's a great question. And, of course, I'm going to project out like I know, but I can promise you that <laughs> mm-hmm. if I knew, I'd tell everyone that we're recruiting and it would work. So mm-hmm. before I pretend to be an expert, um, I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to undermine the importance of – and I should not lead with this, Josh, but I'm going to because <laughs> it's an easy one. I think the way the game is going, it's important to hit the ball far off the tee. And so it doesn't mean it's a prerequisite to to be great. It just means that as, as a young player, I think I would challenge and urge you to do things and learn as best you're capable to try to create speed. Because uh, I, I do think that that's just, it seems like, again, I don't want to be the the resident expert here, but it just (laughs) seems like that's how golf is being played at the college level. And, moving forward it does, now there's still skilled players that don't hit it as far as the bombers so to speak um but if you were young and you were building someone to try to set up 20 years of professional golf i think and, and success in college i think that would be one thing that i would encourage people to at least have a feel for and maybe try to get better at you know as they as they grow um and obviously that could that could be a whole conversation in itself on how to do that I think the other thing that is, this is probably what I should have led with, but I, I mean, I really think you should try to play within reason, but as much competitive golf as you can. I think we can all access information so easily. It is so easy. And and I, I run into players on our team, recruits. We all know what the right thing to say is. Oh, yeah, my glutes weren't firing. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so, like, all, like if you want to put the canned response together, you can. At the end of the day, it's like, do you really like competing? Do you really like traveling, staying in a hotel? Do you really like waking up at 6 o'clock? It's cold. It's windy. You know, in college seasons, are competing. we're competing in, like, not in summer. So, you know, you have to love all of those things. And if you, if the answer is still yes, then, then, then you definitely have a chance, you know, because if you're willing to do all of those things and you're willing to compete and you don't really care what your rank is, of course, it's a nice thing. And you do want to, you do want to have a strong ranking and whichever ranking you decide that you think is important, you check because that'll open up other doors for you. But that's not what your end goal is. Your end goal is to be the best player you can so that it can open up an opportunity to play on a college team someday and maybe play professionally someday. Like if that's what your clear goal is, go play. It doesn't matter if you're playing in the backyard tournament in your hometown or, you know, obviously trying to play in a a big time us, you know, such and such amateur, you know, national championship, some, something like that. Hmm. Of course that would be the finish line goal of where you want to end up, but, structuring a, a plan that that's like to try to circumvent what ultimately you want, which is to become the best player. I think people spend too much time worrying about that mm-hmm. as opposed to just competing and learning from competing. Like that's the best feedback on how to get better is by competition. If you, if you think you're a great chipper and you go to tournaments and you don't get up and down, but one out of 10 times, mm-hmm. guess what? You're not a great chipper, you know, or maybe you got to, maybe you got to be a better short putter, but you know what I mean? Like that's, that's truly the measure that, that, 
that tells us where our strengths and deficiencies are in, as a competitor. Right. So you like um, uh, prioritizing playing in tournaments because that's what college golf season is about. That's what if you choose to go on beyond that, that's what professional golf is about. It's your results in tournaments. And, you know, what you do to prepare for those uh, is the variable. But if you're not competing on a regular basis, then you're not going to even know what what you're good at, what you need to work on. So you as a coach, when you're, you know, quote-unquote recruiting, do you, with that in mind, are you like scoring average, top of the list, like by a, by a large margin? Is that like what you're looking for? Um, I, and that's a tough question because, you know, especially if you're trying to compare recruit opportunity recruits from three different areas of the country, you know, like you might, you might have a scoring average if you're from where I'm from, you know, like the courses generally lend themselves to to better scoring Mm -hmm. than, than say someone who's competing in, april in the northern part of the country you know i mean like it's 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 just it's not an apples to apples comparison so i don't think that the scoring average is necessarily highlight i think one place that can be uh helpful is just you know one demonstrating the ability to compete at a local and state level you know and and as you as you excel, oftentimes that opens up opportunities to play at a, at a, at a more regional or national level. And so, you know, by the time you get to the regional or national level, if you're still able to post scores under par, that's generally a pretty good sign in my opinion. Um, but I, I don't know if there's one specific area that, that you can point to as a, as a, a, a foolproof way to recruit, you know, um, when you're, when you're looking at metrics on a computer screen anyway. Right. It's, it's so hard to, to just like, uh, Google sheets, everybody, you know, Excel spreadsheet and say, this is the player that I want. No doubt in my mind, you've got to, you got to meet them. You got to build a relationship and are the, is this person a good fit? Um, you know, emotional maturity is a big theme of the coaches I've talked to, um, and it's it's all it's a holistic thing, not just the score. Uh, right, you gotta, right. You gotta, no, I completely agree. Yeah. And you have to introduce another variable with recruiting too, is especially in an individual sport where a lot of times, you know, we all we all enjoy the accolades that come along with success, and we're not used to sharing it in golf, you know, because it's an individual sport. Mm-hmm. But you know, as a team, you got to find the right guys who can who can. You know, they still want the individual success, and, and we welcome that. It's it's something that we celebrate. But, you know, you also can't recruit guys who want individual success at the expense of beating their teammates so much that, that it creates a, a challenging situation to manage internally, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so understanding mm-hmm. the team dynamic and, and getting guys who really are, are genuinely happy for their teammates when they play well because that's ultimately good for all of us. You know, that's that's really what we're trying to build each and every year with our team and, and recruiting the right players to be a part of that team. Right. Yeah. Team, team players, huge. Um, so to shift back to your current job as a college coach, just a couple more short questions, kind of rapid. Um, like what, what would you say, like maybe in one sentence, your goal, uh, from the first day a freshman walks, walks onto campus to, 
graduating as a senior? Like, what is your goal for that player? I want our player, I want the young man to be capable of leaving here fully equipped to take on life's challenges, golf's challenges, and be a positive contributor to society. Hmm. Yeah, that's I the um that's a really succinct succinct way to put that it's just not all about golf. Um it, but the things that surround golf can help golf. So it's uh um that's what I love about college golf coaches is they're more mentors than um you know performance coaches and it's uh it's an awesome group of guys and girls. Um, so another question, if you, let's see, if you, uh, how could I put this? Um, what's your, I guess, what's your favorite part about coaching? I think my favorite part is the relationships that develop and I'm going to be incredibly sad when our three seniors leave this year because they've been as much of a joy to coach collectively as any class so it isn't to undermine some great classes from before but I think just seeing young people in the prime of their lives have a great experience and enjoy success together is so gratifying because mm. they they're they literally are about to just springboard into life and I I think they're well equipped for what's ahead of them and to to share some great memories with them and be a, just a small sliver of some of the best memories of their life is is a, just an incredible honor. Mm. That's that's awesome. Um so I won't uh, I won't keep you any longer. Uh, so this has been awesome, Coach. I appreciate you, you know, speaking to some wisdom. And um, I know you're you play humble pie and say I'm not an expert and I don't know all I don't know everything. But that what you just said is super is awesome advice to me selfishly and to anybody listening. Um, so I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, Josh. No, like I started, I, I appreciate the opportunity to join join you today, and I'll look forward to listening to future podcasts because I think it's great what you're what you're taking on, and and I'm sure that your listeners will pick up good things, and and hopefully it helps them along their way as a golfer and a person in the future. Sweet. Uh, thank you, Coach, um, and uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, I guess, um, yeah, I guess that'll do it. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. All right, Coach. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mental Golf Show. If you liked it, I'd love it if you subscribed. And if you want some more, you can go to joshnicholsgolf.com. Or I would love to get in touch with you. Just send me a text, 336-399-1825. All right, catch you next time.